Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. The Nike-designed and Fanatics-manufactured uniforms were more than five years in the making. Originally touted as state-of-the-art performance wear, designed to help address player concerns like breathability. It's now creating new concerns, most pressing, coverability. It's become a topic of conversation that uh, really shouldn't be in the grand scheme of things, uh, but we're, we're hopeful that uh, we can figure our way through it. MLB players are slamming the league's new uniforms because their pants are see-through. I get the feeling this year we're going to see a lot more dingers. Play ball! Player reviews are nearly universal, with Philadelphia's Trey Turner summing it up best, telling the Associated Press, quote, I know everyone hates them. That's a crime! You know how hot those things get? They should be wearing cotton. This is what they give us. You know they used to make leisure suits out of this fabric? Asked last week about player concerns over the uniforms, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred said this. We've seen things that we should not see this spring and that we have not seen in past springs. We have seen twig and berries, if you want to call it that, or, I mean, junk. Uh, However you want to put it, we done seen it so far. And that is the change from the past. (laughs) That that gives a whole new meaning to junk ball pitcher. It goes to one, two, three, and here we go. Here we go. Jim Arizari, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Yeah. It's another one of those days today. Darren is off today. He'll be back tomorrow. We'll have Eric Hansen in tow. You got me today. Till uh, till 7 o'clock. Tons of basketball. A ton of basketball. We'll talk some baseball coming up, you know, that obviously, you know, from all that that just happened. Uh, but uh, a ton of basketball tonight. If if you're a fan of basketball and you can't find something that you like, you're not trying hard enough. We'll have some. We've got uh, the, uh, the Notre Dame game tonight against Wake Forest. Uh, their last week at home, by the way. The, uh, the final two games of their season are going to be on the road. Uh, so last two games at Purcell Pavilion for the season are tonight. The first one of those two is uh, against Wake Forest. Nine o'clock tip. So take a nap. <laughs> take a nap. Hi, Twitch, by the way. Uh, also, uh, 8.30 tip tonight here. Pre-game here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. High school basketball. This state loves itself some high school basketball, and man, there's there's tons of it all over the place. Mishawaka's got a, a sectional this year. Elkhart has a sectional this year. South Bend, Washington has a sectional this year. All the Mishawaka uh, games, by the way, you'll be able to hear those on 96.1 The Ton, starting tonight with the Cavemen versus Laporte at 6 o'clock. 
Whatever that game, by the way, plays South Bend Adams uh, Friday at 6 o'clock. The, uh, the nightcap tonight, or the second serving, whichever. Uh, Michigan City versus Plymouth at 7.30. The winner of that game will play South Bend Riley Friday night at around 7.30. Elkhart, uh, you've got Concord and Goshen at 6 o'clock tonight. You've got Penn and Northridge at 8 o'clock tonight. The... Uh, Winners of uh, those two games going to play Warsaw and Elkhart, respectively. So, there you go. South Bend, Washington, too. Just head over there check out a few games. Washington's going to be taking on Mishawaka Marion tonight. you got New Prairie versus Jimtown. Tons of basketball all over the place. Tons of basketball all over the place. I mean, you could probably... You know, go to any one of those sectionals starting here at six o'clock. So, you got that, or or tonight. I mean, uh, you know, tickets pretty affordable, pretty decent. You know, pretty decent night of entertainment there. And then head on over to uh, the, over to the Joyce Center, Purcell Pavilion for the uh, for the Notre Dame game. This is a team that that has. Slowly become really entertaining to watch. Really entertaining to watch. So, you know, slowly. It's kind of all over the place a little bit uh, earlier this season. I'm not going to lie. A little bit all over the place. But over the last, you know, couple of weeks here, fairly entertaining team. I mean, hell, the I mean, they almost made it four wins in a row. Came up just a little bit short. Sure. Okay. Dug themselves quite the hole against Syracuse. I'm sure they'll admit that. Um, but only lost by three to Syracuse. Had won three straight going into that game. So, uh, Wake Forest rolling in, 10-6 and six league record. Uh, you know, Notre Dame's lost 11 games. But in those 11 games, by the way, Total margin of victory for the uh, you know for the winners of those games just eight and a half points. They've got good defense. Hell, go out and see the the local kid Marcus Burton. You know the three time ACC Rookie of the Week. Go see him. Don't be like me and and say ah he'll be back next year. That's what I. That's what I did with Blake Wesley. I, I I could have gone and seen Blake Wesley a number of times during during his one year here in town, or one year at Notre Dame anyway. And uh, nope, nope, didn't. Stupid, stupid me. Shorty on Twitch saying Notre Dame is close, real close. Yeah, they are. They really are. And this is one that's kind of just waiting for the pickings, too. Wake Forest, just two and six on the road. All of their ACC losses have happened on the road. So why not just, you know, throw another one their way? Why not? Hell, man. If, if, if anything, like over the last two weeks, you can kind of play spoiler a little bit, and that's fun. And I know ACC tournament and all that. Uh, you know the the selection committees you know make more more bones about the conference tournaments than they do the regular season really 
They won't admit that, but it's true. But just just being able to play spoiler a little bit now, you're, it's not going to happen against North Carolina. North Carolina's getting into the tournament regardless. But you know, come on, It'd still be fun to put that victory in your hat, right? But yeah, Marcus Burton, like, seriously, go 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 see him. All right, everybody over Penn knows about him. All right. The rest of the country has found out. He's currently averaging 16 points, four assists, two steals. He'll be the first player to put up those numbers if they hold true until season's end. He'll be the first player to put up those numbers in Notre Dame history. They've been playing basketball here a long time. Chris Thomas came the closest. 15.6, 7.6, 2.2. But yeah, three times. Three time rookie of the week <laughs> everybody's been paying attention to Hannah Hidalgo and deservedly so I mean she's an absolute beast on the court totally deserves every honor that she has gotten but we've kind of overlooked the fact that Marcus Burton um you know is yeah he's racking up those rookie of the week honors too Burton isn't ready. Yeah, I, I know that. I know I'm, I'm figuring I've got another year to go check him out, but still, man. I'm learning that you kind of have to take those opportunities when they come to you. I've missed out on far too much by just saying, nah, I'm good. I'll be there later. Notre Dame basketball, like I said, if anything, it'll be at least a fun time. It'll be a fun game to watch. Notre Dame's scoring defense, according to to Ken Palm, their defensive efficiency ranks 33rd nationally. Scoring defense of 65.6 has risen to 26th in the country, second in the conference, second in the ACC. That right there makes it fun. Steals. I, I love I love a good steal. So. And then, oh, by the way, Braden Shrewsbury has decided to shoot the lights out too of late. <laughs> oh, by the way. Can't you, you can't call him a coach's kid either, as as him as that being the reason he's on the team. No, he's pretty damn good. He's pretty damn good. It, it took a couple, took a couple to to you know kind of get his footing a little bit, but he's knocked down three uh, fifty three pointers in ACC games. That's one away from tying the record for most threes in an ACC season. Prentice Hub, Matt Farrell, VJ Beecham, they're all tied for that. 50, 51, All right, ties it. Probably going to have somebody at the top of that list. So. Somebody new, anyway. Braden secured 10 double-digit scoring performances over the last 13 games. I mean, he's he's really come into his own over the last uh, over the last few games. He's really, really, really turned into something. He, he's he's been a really good he's been a really good Robin to to Burton's Batman, I think. So, 
That should be really good. Should be really good tonight. If you can't make it out to the game, well, <laughs> I'm sure one of the, uh, I think ACC Network has a game tonight. So, Wake Forest, by the way, not um, that's not a storm the court type of situation. Like if the North Carolina game that's coming up was here, and they pull the upset, okay, yeah, that, that you storm the court there. You just you just took down the number number ten team in the country, right? Number ten is that where they're at right now? Number nine, number nine. They're up to number nine this week. Houston, number one in the uh, in the latest poll. Uh, Purdue back up to number two. Uh, UConn falls to number three. You got Tennessee and Marquette rounding out the top five. So. Man, I can't. I, I can't. It, like, here we are. I mean, and and we've had to push March back a day because of the stupid leap day too. It's so close. We can. It's it's right there. March Madness just around the corner. Can't wait. Cannot wait for some March Madness. If there's one thing that I've learned this year. That my wallet has learned this year, anyway. My goodness, um, <laughs> being a top five team means nothing anymore. Nothing. <laughs> UConn, UConn uh, certainly earned that last week. Got Purdue, you know, Purdue's lost. Uh, UConn's lost. Tennessee's lost. Houston at 24 and 3. Okay. The fifth team to hold the top spot this season. Jeez. <laughs> Houston uh, was number one for seven weeks last year, which was their first time since the five slime jamma days. And IU fans don't want to hear this either, but uh, y'all kind of drove him out of Bloomington for some really silly stuff. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So. And look at you now. Oh, right. Does it matter being a blue blood anymore? I'm I'm not sure. Does does that does that count for anything? I mean, you know, school schools like Kansas, you know, they're number 7 on the poll. Okay, they're always going to be they're always going to be considered a blue blood. Okay. That's fine. North Carolina, they keep themselves relevant relevant by being good. Purdue's kind of turned into the to the state's blue blood, haven't they? Like they're not close to matching IU's championships, as any IU fan will happily tell you, but um what is it, eighty seven since the last one for IU? Eighty seven? Duke, of course, being a blue blood. It's like, you know, Alabama and Auburn are right there next to each other in the poll in basketball. <laughs> this, this college basketball season is not my my bracket is going to die an unbelievable death. It may die in the first four round. I don't know. 
I may make I may make picks on the the uh, the first four games and flame out spectacularly spectacularly from there. Oh no, the roller coasters! The roller coasters riding's on fire. Budweiser's weekday sports beat brought to you by uh, Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. Also by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations, serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. And by Bethel University's adult and graduate studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. Uh, some baseball talk coming up. In just a little bit, of course, the uh, the South Bend Cubs, uh, their season starts April fifth, I believe it is April fifth. They'll be on the road, but it's like one. It, it's just like that weekend series, like they're doing three games in Quad Cities and then coming home. So, why do they do that anyway? Well, like, what, what's the what's the thought process around that? I guess I guess chopping the week in half at the all-star break because minor league baseball calendar wise anyway, follows the same track as, as the majors now. So, okay. All right. That makes sense. Now. I just talked it out. Ha! We'll do that with Brendan King coming up in just a few here on sports radio, 960 WSBT. That's an awesome weather forecast. <laughs> Those of you on Twitch right now, by the way, I am taking advantage of the 72 degrees by flashing my pale, reflective legs in shorts. I have unleashed legs upon people. Somebody who's working on his tan right now down in Florida. One of the play-by-play voices for your South Bend Cubs. Season starts, what, April 5th? Is Am, am I right with that date? You got it, Jim Arizari. Awesome. Beautiful, I, beautiful I Davenport, Iowa. Yeah, Quad Cities, right? That's right. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of become a tradition of, uh, of the last few years that we start in Davenport, which is fine. There's a... Uh, there's a great breakfast place right next door to that hotel, so I will be yeah, hitting go. that up every day, more than likely. There you go. You've got, we've got something to look forward to now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, his name is Brendan King, by the way, and uh, and yeah, he's down in Florida taking some time out of uh, out of his vacation for uh, for some dumb reason to help me out today. Uh, many many thanks for that. Um, they finally signed Bellinger. Yeah. Well. I think the hope, at least, of my inner Cubs fan growing up was that they were going to surprise us at Cubs convention with a little Cody Bellinger action, uh. but that didn't happen. But it did happen to where on, I think it was, what, the eight-year anniversary of Dexter Fowler getting the surprise signing in AZ, they get Cody Bellinger. So that's got a little rhyme or reason to it, which is uh, which is pretty cool. Now, I think it's a, I think it's a great deal. Um, I think it benefits all parties, even the party of Scott Boris. I think he got what he wanted with the flexibility of the opt-outs the first couple of years, Jim. And yeah. 
Also, to me, I, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm sitting here with my dad right now. We were talking about this on Sunday. Of It also gives the Cubs flexibility in a way of, you know, if Pete Crow Armstrong goes out there and, you know, shines in AAA to start the season and he gets called up and he ends up having a better year than expected, that also gives the Cubs a little flexibility of, hey, listen, you know, we got Bellinger on this option. Uh, we, we got options here of whether that's Cody or whether that's Pete. So I think all things aside, um, it gives the Cubs a good look in center field. Of course, Bellinger, National League Comeback Player of the Year, slash line of 307, 356, 525, 20, uh, 26 homers, 97 RBIs. Looked like Dodger Cody Bellinger. Yeah. So. Well, he did, and he got off to the great start. And, you know, to me, it was just a matter of him staying and looking more comfortable out there mm-hmm. because I think the Cubs hitting coaches, first of all, did a spectacular job with him in Arizona, just getting him comfortable. And then second, yeah, as even though there's a new manager this year and Craig Council, I, I thought David Ross did a fabulous job with him. Yeah. Um, just, you know, it, we could get into that a little bit later. Of, you know, did Ross necessarily deserve to go? I, I don't think so, but it, you just benefit in Council becoming your manager. But Council's a guy that's been there. I mean, Council mm. went through the big league struggles. He played in the World Series. He understands exactly what sometimes regression looks like. Bellinger certainly regressed in L.A. But now, again, you have that season, as you talked about last year, Jim, where you know he's vouching with 30 bombs close to it. And um, I, I think it's an amazing thing what the Cubs did with that contract. Yeah, I I I kind of felt the same way about uh, about David Ross. Like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have picked that move happening. You know, like I w- I was pretty darn shocked when it did. <laughs> like I was sitting there in my mm-hmm. in the office at home and just go, "Whoa." Uh, as I'm sure most Cubs fans did. Uh but the you know, what you're getting, you know, you touched on it too. What you're getting in a in a manager like Craig Council not only stealing him away from a rival, but yeah. also, uh, I mean, that it's just a total plus for them. Yeah, it is, especially in a division this year, which uh, the Cardinals are trying to win the 2012 World Series right now. To me. Right? They're <laughs> signing every 35-year-old dude there is. They just signed Brandon Crawford. Yeah, they did. Uh, so, they're, you know, it's crazy, and hopefully it works out for them. I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for the Cardinals and what they do. I love Nolan Arenado. I started my career with the Rockies, and I didn't get to know Arenado at all, but just hearing what people said about him in Colorado, I have the utmost respect for him. I think Paul Goldschmidt's a great player. But, it, I, Jim, it, it is a weaker <laughs> NL Central, there's no doubt about it, with, you know, we'll see what the Brewers look like. The Reds, to me, are still a little too young, and you know the Pirates are still on their way of their long rebuild. So it, this division is well in play. You got a guy that knows the division well, and I, you know, I didn't talk to him for long, but I, I met Craig Council at Cubs convention. He shook his hand and said, "Hey, man, welcome." And he was he was super friendly, and that's to a minor league broadcaster in the organization. He did not have to take five minutes and talk to a minor league broadcaster in the org. So I can assure you that the guy has at least from what I can tell, no ego. And I, I think he's the right guy for this team just because 2024 to me, Jim, was always the year that you can say, okay, we, we did our work. 
we grinded along. 23, you took some decent steps. Let's go win. And to me, that's that's where we are right now. Brendan King from the South Bend Cubs joining me right now on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Um, going, going, just going back to the whole council thing, um, just between you and me, how surprised were you that they made that move? Like, it, that's not the typical Cubs move, you know? To answer your question, very. And I answer that question as not somebody that works in the org. I answer that as just a just a baseball guy. And mm-hmm. like you said, I, yeah, I mean, when, when that news dropped, I, I love David Ross, and that guy's going to be a Chicago legend until the day he dies. Oh, yeah. He'll never have to buy a drink in Wrigleyville again. <laughs> nope. I, we, anybody can assure you of that. But maybe it's just because of since really, well, you know, in 17 you, you, you lost, but you had a decent run, and you won the division in 20, but that was pandemic year. Really, since 17, there has been no true run, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe that – they that look, 17, I graduated college in 17. I've been out of school for close to seven years. You know, that's, a, that's a long time ago. Um, so maybe internally – and, again, I have, I have no conversations with them. I have no knowledge of this. But maybe internally they just said, look, that's, that's a long time, and maybe it's time for something new. Maybe it's time to be aggressive. Um, and even though maybe it hasn't been the most aggressive offseason, to me there's a lot of time left. The way that baseball works today, uh, Bellinger is the only Boris agent to sign, it seems like, and maybe the rest of them will come soon. I don't know. But I still think there's a lot of time left this offseason where there can be an aggressive personality approach where, to me, I don't think Jed's done. Uh, Cubs, by the way, tying the Cincinnati Reds today. That is a final from Mesa, Mesa, Arizona. I hate spring training ties. I hate that. <laughs> well, we can we can send you out. You can go up. You could say we're playing, boys. We're playing twenty today. But, come on, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, we are playing till somebody wins today. Ugh. Ties, ties in general. I'm not. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of either. But. Uh, you know, either either the uh, the athletic type or you know the the kind that you wear around your neck. Um, so <laughs> you, you touched a little bit on 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 free agency and Scott Boris and and his client, you know, and, and Bellinger basically being the only Boris guy to have signed so far. Um, mm-hmm. Why is the hot stove league just so boring now? Like I remember it being a lot more fun than this. You're preaching to the choir, brother. I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. Maybe it's just the changing time of the game. Maybe it has something to do with uh, the, how the commissioner's relationship with the owners, and maybe it's about money that that you and I have no business speaking of because we <laughs> can never even imagine that type of money, right? right. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I truly don't. I don't know if Boris has too much power. I, I really don't. Um, and I would love to put my finger on it of what exactly it is, but that's a question that somebody way smarter than me and all of us is going to have to answer because it, look, Jim, I feel like even, so I started with the South Bend Cubs in 2018. And even then I remember that off season, the Cubs signed Darvish. And that Mm -hmm. was like, just as the calendar was turning to February and Mm -hmm. that felt late. Right. Yeah. We're we. It's about to be March. 
Yeah. I, is it going to get to a point where it's going to be opening day if five years from now and guys still aren't? I, we're heading in that direction. I mean, I think somebody was kind of joking of it, but like Boris is going to have to start his own spring training site for his guys because his own academy. They, they are sitting on their couch. <laughs> his own spring training academy. Could you imagine? Ugh. I, I could actually. <laughs> I, I could imagine the Scott Boris training academy. Do you, do you buy the argument at all that? Maybe it's the TV money, you know, just mm. the uncertainty of that with, uh, especially with streaming, you know, like baseball's going to have to figure out streaming. Uh, like, do, do you buy the argument that that no owner, no owner whatsoever, besides uh, the owner of the Dodgers, is spending money because of TV money? Yeah, maybe. Uh, that could be it. I mean, a totally different sport. But stay with me here. I, you know, working in Indianapolis in the off season, mm-hmm. I know people with the Pacers have had a hell of a time trying to figure out what's going on with with the channel they're on. And mm-hmm. you know, I I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here, but you know that channel has struggled nationwide, and I yeah. think there is a plan to address that. Um, and I know a lot of MLB teams are on that particular company, so it could be. Uh, you know, um, I know. You know, for instance, Marquee, the Cubs network, uh, which, you know, Max Tome and I are lucky enough to call games on, you know, they have introduced a streaming option. So, you know, for example, my folks who are down here in Naples, um, you know, they have Marquee at home. We're from Chicago, obviously. So when they go home, they can watch us. But uh, if they really wanted to in, in Naples, they could they could also order Marquee on the stream. You know, that's, uh, yeah, that's something Marquee was to my knowledge, pretty independent from the rest of that, uh, that that's worked out good. So maybe that's something to follow. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, like, is it as simple as just lifting the blackouts? We mentioned the poor folks in, in the Quad Cities. What do they have, like seven blackouts? They can't watch seven teams? I mean, at least, I mean, I, Jim, I'm going to be working the Indianapolis 500 in May, and That's people cool. in Indianapolis can't even watch the race. There's a local yeah. blackout for the race. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it that that's crazy. That is that stuff is truly crazy. Well, that's you know that's all to basically push the limits of getting people in the gate and make the attendance number just look huge. So right. you know I. I, I lived down there. I grew up there. So I, I know all about yeah. the race being on tape oh, delay yeah. and all that stuff. I remember I remember when the Indianapolis 500, back in my day, uh, you had to wait until like some random night and they would show it at like 1130 at night. <laughs> it, it, it was just randomly dropped in there. No, no prior uh, announcement. Very, uh, like a very quick one, you know, like... Like right before a newscast, coming Sunday, you know, that sort of thing. Just real quick in and out, and it's just like, oh, cool, the 500's on. And it was always like two months later. It's like, right. what's, yeah. what's the point? What's the point of this? I, I, wonder, if, I, wonder, if Heli, I wonder if Helio won today, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Brendan King from the South Bend Cubs, and apparently also the Indianapolis 500 radio network, um, which uh, that's that's pretty damn cool quite honestly um joining me here on sports radio 960 wsbt we're talking a little bit of baseball and um what do you what do you think about the cubs this year like like you you've you mentioned how how the cardinals are signing every 35 year old available and god the the guys at obvious shirts.com 
<laughs> had just the best graphic on Twitter today of uh, right. of the Bush Stadium sign, but it's AARP Stadium instead. <laughs> I was just like, oh, bravo, gentlemen, bravo. Yeah. Yeah, Joe at uh, Joe at Obvious Shirts does a great job. Big shout out to him because he always he always hooks us up in South Bend with uh, with some gear, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it starts, and I I know that this isn't an ideal way to start it from a baseball perspective, but I think it starts defensively, Jim, because Dansby and Nico coming off Gold Gloves, Ian Hampson a Gold Glover, Seiya Suzuki has been so good in right. Obviously, you keep Bellinger. To me, this is the best defensive team in baseball. So you start there. I think Christopher Morrell is going to play a great third base because Council's giving him the chance to play every day there, which is, by the way, his position in South Bend. And mm. he was as reliable as a third baseman with us as there was. I mean, I'll never forget. I mean, he dove into the rain tarp for a pop fly. He almost went into the crowd Jeter style trying mm. to go after a line drive. I mean, the guy is a psycho in the best, <laughs> descri- the best description of the word. Um, you know, I think uh, – I think Miguel Amaya and Jan Gomes is a great tandem behind the plate. It's Jim, it's a matter of being able to come up with timely base hits this year because the bullpen has also been upgraded. I think Shota Imanaga, the left-handed signee from Japan, is super underrated. That guy was filthy yeah. in the World Baseball Classic. Just disgusting. Um, and getting to watch, I'm going to Arizona in March, so I'm looking forward to watching a bullpen at his hopefully, because I want to, I want to see that dude stuff live. I mean, that it looks absolutely filthy from what he can present. So yeah, Jim, again, I think it comes down to being able to come over timely basis and, and Bellinger being back helps you out. I think as well, there's still some kids coming up from the minors that are going to be able to help you. I mean, Brennan Davis rocked a, a bomb at spring training the other day. I realized spring training is such a uh, a difficult topic to discuss because look, if a guy has a great spring, does that mean he's going to have a great regular season? No, right. but Brennan Davis is finally healthy. I mean, you may remember he was rehabbing with us last year as late as August, mm-hmm. right? So he, he really struggled from an injury standpoint, but him coming up, um, you know, Alexander Canario, I think is going to play a role for this team. There are six, seven viable outfielders that the Cubs can have. So yeah, I think bullpen's fine. Rotation's good defensively the best team in baseball can you hit the ball when it matters to me that is the question of the 2024 chicago cubs if they uh if they you know happen to you know pull the impossible i'm I'm putting quotes around impossible because obviously uh you know it's no longer impossible they've done it but if they pull the impossible of um Mm -hmm. of, of going all the way do they give any credit to david ross you got to. Like you got you got to give him a ring, right? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, this is it's a it's a totally different situation, Jim, than Rick Renneria, Joe Maddon. Yeah. yeah, Rick Renneria, you know, did uh, was that the most fair thing that ever happened? No. Was Joe Maddon the guy? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, did did David Ross set you up for success? I think that answer is yes. Uh, is Craig Council the guy that finishes it? To be determined, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, if if God willing that occurs, I think you owe a lot of credit to David Ross for rebuilding this thing because um, you know he he again he started strong. I mean, they won the division his first year, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so um, I, I think he he is owed a lot of praise. There's no question. 
Meantime, I can just sit and just stare at like a White Sox news page, and it just doesn't get updated for like a week and a half. It's. <laughs> what do well, you, what... Uh, when, <laughs> as, when you're when as building some... a new stadium, yeah, yeah, when building a new stadium is uh, talked about more than your baseball team, <laughs> you are uh, you are you are struggling. Do they do they wind up getting that money? Do they wind up getting the stadium money, or do the Bears get in? I don't know how they. Reinsdorf's asking for a billion. Yeah. Uh, for, and that's just like base, right? I mean, there's so much more that goes into it. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't know where that comes from or what he's doing, but uh, they're in trouble, Jim, because uh, you know, talking. You know, I'm pretty close with David Kaplan and, and talking with Cap. They have less than five years left on their lease at the cell or whatever yeah. it's called now, mm-hmm. uh, guaranteed rate. And uh, five years in ballpark terms, Jim is. A very short time, so they're in trouble. Do, I hope this isn't the case. Do they turn into the A's? Maybe, maybe. I, I mean, uh, Vegas. Vegas obviously wants a tenant of the. Uh, I think it's the Tropicana Hotel parking lot. Right. Uh, that's what it is now. <laughs> and uh, if it and if the mayor of Oakland is going to continue uh, begging them to stay. Uh, Vegas, uh, Vegas wants a team, and uh, they're they're probably going to get one. So, who it is, I don't know. Vegas would be so much better off getting an expansion team. Oh, agreed, agreed. Like, like you, you no look, fire you, baggage. yeah. I mean, you look at the. I mean, hell, just the difference between um, between the, the the Golden Knights and the Raiders. Like I, I know I know some people out in Vegas, and they were like, yeah, whatever with the Raiders. The Golden Knights are my jam. And they're you know head to toe all year round Golden Knights fans, and sure. it, it's it's just like you know oh the Raiders are here too, so yeah in that uh, in that spaceship known as a football stadium it's it's crazy. <laughs> I always likened it more to a Roomba, so uh, yeah that's right <laughs> that's that's really good that's really good. Uh, Brendan King from the South Bend Cubs. Season starts April fifth, and of course, every game here will uh, every game will be here on Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. Uh, you you working on the tan? How how are are your legs reflecting light like mine have been, or have you been in Florida the last like at least a couple of days? Well, I, I got here on Sunday. We went to uh, the Red Sox spring training game yesterday in Fort Myers. So okay. when not working baseball, I'm watching baseball. I guess. But uh, we are uh, we're going to the Panthers game tonight. Uh, they play the Sabers, and uh, that, there's no sun available there. So we'll try and work <laughs> on that tomorrow and Thursday. All right, Brendan King, uh, go enjoy the rest of your vacation. Just don't, just hang, it, ha- hang up rudely with me, quite honestly. To be <laughs> no, I, I I could never, I could never. I'll see you soon. All right, bud. That is uh, that is Brendan King from the South Bend Cubs on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Like I said, April 5th is when the uh, the season starts in Davenport. So uh, the uh, the Cubs going to be taking on um, the uh, the Quad Cities the Quad Cities River Bandits. So it's almost here. Like you know, March Madness is almost here, and baseball, like real real honest to god, baseball is almost here too. I can't wait. I can't wait. The 72 degrees that we've had today is just a total tease. A total tease. And then for it to be taken <laughs> like at midnight tonight. Grr!
Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. The six years of Spanish that I took through high school and college completely failing me on the on the word hour in Spanish. Good times. Good times. Anyway, Jim Arizari in for Darren this afternoon. Early evening. He'll be back tomorrow. Eric Hansen will be uh, in tow, I believe, with him. So... That should be a, uh, a fun couple of hours there. I know that it feels like we just got done with football, and, I mean, you know, looking at the calendar, we actually did just get done with football. <laughs> Thanks to the Super Bowl, you know, sticking its butt into February now, which is awesome. <sighs> but the NFL Combine is, uh, is this week. And, of course, everybody down in Indianapolis, including Bears GM Ryan Poles, uh, he said today he's got no master plan to reveal on the team's decision at quarterback, but also understands the weight of uncertainty on Justin Fields and uh, wants to move as quickly as possible. Of course, you know this you know, because it, it, it's been browbeaten into you <laughs> Whether you have liked it or not, Bears own the draft's number one pick. Second straight offseason for that, by the way. Uh, they've got to decide between keeping fields or selecting a quarterback in the draft. And, of course, if you're going to pick number one, the consensus number one is going to be Caleb Williams out of USC. Okay, all right. Polls didn't rule out trading fields. He also didn't really say whether or not... Uh, you know, they were going to keep them either. And granted, as a, as a general manager of a football team, I get that, you know. You, you can't really play one side or the other because then you just lose all leverage. If they want to have a haul like they did last year for the number one pick from Carolina, oh. they if they potentially want to find themselves in another position like this next year. <laughs> God, that 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 trade was with with Carolina as far as the Bears go, just a brilliant trade. A brilliant trade. So, you know, what uh, what, what are we what are we talking about as far as far as like, you know, when the decision is actually going to be made and we can finally move on with our lives tomorrow. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, before no, free agency, or, I would love to know as soon as possible. Right. I mean, I mean, I would love to know, um, but I know that's not how the process works. Um, you know, there's sure before free agency would be good. Like I said, I'm also taking 
um, you know, if we were to do something with Justin, like I want to do right by him. Apparently, Ryan Poles enjoying the sweet sounds of Super Tramp there. Um, it's the least you can do is is doing right by Justin Fields. It's the least you could do. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to wind up in a great situation. You know, I mean, he could. <laughs> hell, he could wind up as the quarterback of the Giants somehow. Although, odds favorite right now seems to be Atlanta. That would be a really good position for him. That would be a really good situation for Justin Fields. Got a lot of building blocks on that team. Got a good defense, too. Just don't have a quarterback. So that seems, you know, him being shipped to Atlanta, that seems to be the the prevailing thought as, as far as according to Vegas goes. Um, and just like everybody else, Ryan Poles wants to, wants to find out about that tomorrow. Speaking of leverage, what what could the Bears possibly get for number one this year if they decide to go that route of trading the number one overall pick? Say the Bears, say Ryan Poles gets that offer that is just too good to pass up, and you wind up swinging that trade and saying, um, yeah, this other team can have Caleb Williams. We'll take somebody else. Yeah, it's hard to say right now, um, but it's it's got to help our organization significantly to to move around um, because we saw what it did last year, um, and I'm looking for that type of return to continue to improve our football team. I never took Ryan Poles as a super tramp guy, but whatever. <laughs> of course, there was that whole fake story, too social media like it's 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 getting harder and harder to kind of filter out the actual news and and what's being made up and that whole story about Caleb Williams and his people reaching out to the Bears saying we don't want to play in Chicago it's proven to be false per Caleb Williams and his people but say on the off chance Something happens with a uh, Justin Fields trade, and maybe, you know, Caleb Williams doesn't want to play in Chicago. Maybe he sees how, you know, sees how Justin Fields was treated and doesn't want to be treated that way possibly down the road himself. What happens there? No, no, no concerns about that at all. I, I would love to know why if that was the case. Like I said, I think um, as a young quarterback, and I've been around it, the infrastructure is important, and I think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or if, if Justin were to stay here as well. Okay. All right. All right. So again, he wants to, he would, he would love to find out tomorrow. And I'm sure there's probably a team out there who would love to make, you know, make any sort of trade, whether it be for the number one pick or Justin Fields. Imagine if they traded both. There would be riots in the street. Um, <laughs> that sort of that sort of imaginary uh, that that sort of fiction always pops up into my head. Always pops up into my head. Oh, the Bears are gonna Bears. Okay, great. Ryan Pohl seems to know what he's doing, though. Like I said, the trade with Carolina last year that puts him in the position to, you know 
have the number one pick or trade your 24-year-old quarterback who kind of started putting some things together last year, finally. It's amazing what happens when he gets like an actual number one receiver, but that's that's neither here nor there right now. What kind of a time, what like, what are we looking at as, as far as like a realistic timeline for this? We all know you want to do it tomorrow. Whoa, really, what are you thinking? If we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. Okay, all right. Again, not showing his hand. He, he's got a good poker face, I'll say that. Got a hell of a poker face. Also kind of showed off that poker face uh, talking about Jalen Johnson as well. Contract negotiations, you know, the all-pro cornerback right there. Uh, polls made clear in January that the team intends to get a deal done with Johnson. Wants to avoid using the franchise tag on him. Want to get him signed to a long-term deal? I mean, why? why wouldn't you? Again. All pro cornerback. Those aren't exactly like those aren't exactly a dime a dozen like you like you seem to have as far as quarterbacks go. Now, granted, you know the good quarterbacks. Yeah, those are those guys are worth their weight. But you see, guys getting trapped. You know, you know, Kirk Cousins was what a third round, third or fourth round pick. Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft. Draft position doesn't necessarily—it's—it's what you do with your picks, really. But it seems a lot harder to find that kind of shutdown corner that that Jalen Johnson has turned himself into. Like that seems—that seems a lot more rare, even than once in a lifetime talents like Caleb Williams. You know, like if you really think about it. So they want to avoid the, the franchise tag because, quite honestly, I, I, I think the uh, I think the franchise tag would just kind of piss them off. <laughs> just piss them off. Total Dallas on uh, on the Twitch chat right now. Having the first pick in the draft is the next best thing to winning the Super Bowl. Maybe third to Super Bowl runner up. Okay, all right. Been a while since Dallas won the Super Bowl, but that's beside the point. We're streaming on Twitch, by the way. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. That's our channel name. Search for that. And there you see my fat, bloated face. Today, anyway. Darren comes back tomorrow. So, somebody who's in a lot better shape than I. Somebody who knows how to put the fork down. Anyway, this portion of uh, Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, of course, presented by the King of Beers, Budweiser, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. Also by Bethel University's Athletics. Sign-ups for youth summer camps are underway. Visit bupilots.com for more. And First State Bank. First State Bank like uh, lends strength to our communities by devoting ourselves to helping local businesses grow and prosper. 
talk a little gambling. I've got some bets here. I'm feeling, I don't know why. Like it's it's just been a god awful month and a half stretch for me. But for some reason, as always, I'm feeling good about my picks. Life is a conundrum that way. Hell did the Royals figure out how to kind of beat everybody else in Major League Baseball as far as the uniforms go? Now we're just strictly talking about the jerseys. Strictly about the jerseys right now. But they don't have the uh, they don't have the, the basically the smaller lettering. On the back of their jersey. Like, they've got the full size, you know, full, you can read it from space font. How did the Roy the Royals. How did, it, how did a team like, like the Cubs or the Whites or the Mets or the Dodgers for. The Royals have a special exception to the new uniform standard. Like I said, smaller size on the back of the uniform for the player name. Smaller smaller jersey number, I believe, too. All <laughs> such a dumb reason, too. Uh, Major League Baseball wanted to move the the MLB logo, uh, logo further down the back. Because some guys have long hair and it covers up the logo. Wee! That's why we have crappy-looking jerseys now. That's that's why we have beer league-level jerseys now. Hooray! Thanks, baseball. That and also, you know, that whole you know ironing everything on thing, as opposed to stitching it. Are you. you buy a personalized jersey any one of those numbers could just flake off at some point imagine you're just hanging out somewhere and and all of a sudden like the the two on your jersey is gone because it fell off and you can't find it now the royals the Royals have a special exception to that. Other MLB teams, uh, according to Paul Lucas of UniWatch, not granted this exemption from the smaller letters. The Royals were because they lobbied hard for it. That's all it takes. <laughs> Nike created the jerseys with the lighter fabric, made the which made larger numbering and lettering more difficult. Lighter fabric. Although, like, earlier it was like, you know, they... 
Yeah, it's a lighter fabric, but it's still got the same kind of density. You know, that, that was that was baseball's word about it. At least the, last year during the All Star game, they actually debuted these uniforms last year at the All Star game. A lot of players raved about them then. Apparently, something happened. I think something happened that we don't know about. Like something changed about these things to piss everybody off, to make the Royals lobby hard for a special exemption. The larger numbering and lettering uh, made things more difficult, leading to some players calling these smaller numbers and letters amateurish. In a statement that denied any alterations to the pants, though, MLB confirmed the changes to the fab- to the fabric of the jersey. Now, the pants are a totally different situation altogether. Like, baseball... <laughs> baseball could say what they... Oh, we haven't changed the fabric of the pants. It's still the same weight. Everything. No, something changed there. Something changed there. You didn't... You didn't uh... You didn't used to be able to tell if a if a guy was circumcised or not. Have you seen the pictures online? Like the pictures online, and like it's it's not even like that kind of fabric that that turns invisible with a certain flash. Have you heard of that? Like there there's there's certain fabrics that. When you take a picture of it, you can actually see right through it, or the light, all the light will just reflect off of it. Like, it looks like a normal shirt, but it just reflects all the light and makes your picture completely useless. Paparazzi hate it, by the way, which I fully endorse it then. But the pants. Yikes on the pants, man. You can you cannot possibly tell me <laughs> the pants haven't changed, okay? We I guarantee, I guarantee, <laughs> Franks and Beans. <laughs> Thank you, Twitch. <laughs> Thank you, Twitch chat. Um, By the way, for the diehards. I thought that was a limit drop. I didn't think it was to heal. <laughs> anyway, uh, we are going to have a any player. It doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter who. We're just going to have a player steal a base and wound up losing his pants. Like his pants. His pants are going to tear away. Like, like they're not supposed to. They're going to tear away like Earl Campbell's jersey in, you know, that, that clip of Earl Campbell where he lowers his head into, a, into the middle of a dude's chest and runs him over. His pant, these pants are going to tear away like that. And we're all going to go... You know, told you so. Told you so, Rob. Something, yeah, something something had to have changed. 
Like, I remember watching the All-Star game last year. I remember, like, seeing, like, Fox had made mention of the fact that these were the jerseys that were going to be coming out next year. And baseball's been talking about these changes to the jerseys and and how it was going to be a revolutionary, you know, new uniform for, for baseball and whatnot. Baseball's been talking about this for for a couple of years now. And they did a test run on them at the All-Star game last year. You know, fabric-wise anyway. They didn't look terrible. I think the design of them could have been better. Just like, just like you know, the, the actual coloring and the logo and all that stuff. But I don't, I don't remember seeing... I don't remember seeing tiny ass lettering or smaller jersey numbers or anything looking ironed on. I certainly don't re- I certainly don't recall being able to see junk there on my TV screen either. Random junk. I don't remember I don't remember that happening at the All-Star game. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure somebody would have uh, would have figured that out, you know, would have noticed that and done some testing on it. And like we probably would have heard a couple of like of course we would have heard Stephen A. Smith at least yell about it. What are they doing with damn pants? And then, you know, your speakers would blow out. The Royals, though, man, not gonna lie. Like I, I, I respect the Royals now, just just for the fact that they lobbied hard. <laughs> like typically, typically you just kind of laugh at, at at really any mention of the Royals. Although, might not, not might not be able to do that too much longer. So get your get your licks in now. But the Royals were able to get an exemption. And like the the Royals must have picks of the commissioner. <laughs> it's gotta be it. Although I gotta uh, you know, Rob Manfred has done enough has said just enough dumb things in interviews. We all kinda know what we're getting as far as that goes. Next five years cannot go fast enough. He cannot. He cannot leave that chair fast enough. He's lenoing the retirement. Hey, I'm gonna retire in four years. Just do it now. Do it now. I guarantee that. Like the. Possibly even more so than him calling the the World Series trophy a hunk of metal. Or any of the other idiotic things that that guy has said. The videos of him, you know, as baseball is in a lockout. Him on the golf course. In five out of the seven days, you know, like you couldn't have used a couple of those to negotiate. Nah, let's drag out a lockout even more in a in a sport that is losing viewership at a 
defi- at a deafening pace. Nah. <laughs> this is what we're going to remember Rod Manfred for. We're going to re- <laughs> we're going to remember him for Franks and Beans, whether you like it or not. <laughs> <sighs> Fantastic. Terrific. As I mentioned, plenty of bets uh, coming up. I've got I've got four. I've got four of them tonight. I feel good about them. And again, I'm also paid to feel good about them. So it's kind of a crapshoot, really. My name is Jim Arizari. All my stuff, by the way, available at jimonsports.com. All of my social links. So if you want to yell at me about something that I said today, feel free to do it there. Um, yeah, we'll we'll go through those bets. <laughs> Wrap up this year's show coming up. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Presented by Budweiser, also brought to you by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Find out how we can end hunger at feedindiana.org. Midland Engineering, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. And by the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. I'm going to go run down the hall, see how how Mishawaka is doing. I'll get you a brief little recap on that. And then we'll talk about your odds on things. It's coming up. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. <sighs> the shorts are going to have to go back into storage. At least, in, at least until I guess Saturday. It's supposed to be sixty on Saturday. Sunny and sixty on Saturday. What? Anyway, uh, Mishawaka uh, leading Laporte by 10. I believe it's 23-13. That's the last update that I got anyway. Um, Also, uh, South Bend, Washington, and Marion tied. Mishawaka, Marion tied at 18 at the half. High school basketball um, scores there. So (laughs) It's that time of year. It's that time of year. Uh, Also, other basketball going on here tonight. Uh, we've got Notre Dame playing Wake Forest, a late night tip-off, 9 o'clock, if you consider that late. <laughs> I do because I have to be awake at 3 in the morning, typically, and will have to tomorrow as well. Uh, but naturally, I am a night owl, and uh, God, I just... I, <laughs> why did I agree to this job? Anyway... Shall we make some picks? Again. If you wind up losing your house, that's not on me. I swear it's not on me. (sighs) Anyway. As I mentioned, Wake Forest at Notre Dame. Let's go ahead and make a bet on that. Notre Dame a a 6.5-point underdog at home. But since snapping a seven-game losing streak earlier this month, they've been improved. 
They've been a lot better. They rolled off three straight. Nearly spoiled Syracuse's celebration of Jim Beheim on Saturday. Might, might have had a lot of people going, Yeah! No, ah! Screw Beheim! It's not like they've had their doors blown off either. Okay, so there's you know, Duke. Okay. Duke beat them by 18. Okay, fine. Their average loss in conference, though, is only eight and a half points. And Wake Forest, uh, yeah. Rookie guard duo of Marcus Burton and Braden Shrewsbury, they've become some real difference makers late this year. Shrewsbury's going to probably break the, the three-point, the three-pointer record. Just needs one to tie it. They've got three games left. I think he'll do it. Marcus Burton just wrapped up his third Rookie of the Week award in the ACC. If there's any kind of hangover, too, for Wake Forest after after the Duke win, could come into play here. Could, could come into play here. All right. By the way, if Notre Dame wins tonight, that is that is not cause for <laughs> that is not cause for storming the court. It's only Wake Forest. It's got a match, okay? It's got a, it's got it's got to match the situation. You can't just you can't just go running out there. Cincinnati's at Houston. Houston, your new number one, by the way. They're 13 and a half point favorites against Cincinnati. This is a home game, by the way, for the Cougs. I don't see them. I don't even see them letting up. And this and this is after you know, kind of a this is a tough run here that they just went on. They beat Texas. They beat Iowa State. They beat Baylor. All top 25 teams. Houston, them them going into the Big 12 has been quite beneficial. Bearcats, meantime, have lost four of their last five. Looked absolutely god-awful against Oklahoma State and TCU. Yeah. Terrible. Wes Miller is 0-7 against Kelvin Sampson since taking over at Cincinnati. I don't necessarily see this as being the uh, as being the game that that trend uh, gets reversed. I don't, I don't see that happening tonight. I don't think tonight's tonight. Then again... Ranking be damned in college basketball this year, right? Like that—that that hasn't mattered one, one bit. Still though, Kugum, points, thirteen and a half. I, I, this is this is gonna be a bad. This is gonna be a real boring game to watch if you're not a Houston fan. From the NBA, Detroit, the Pistons limping into Chicago. Detroit's still probably a little bit pissed off about the uh, about the game the other night against the Knicks, where they uh, 
probably should have gotten a foul call and didn't. I say that as a Knicks fan, too. Bulls, meantime, you can't really make heads or tails of them. But, hell, you try. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan, though, you can't deny that that guy has been on one. And he's been in the, like, think about how long he's been in the in the NBA. He's been in the NBA for a long-ass time. DeMar DeRozan is one of those guys that, it's like, he's been in the, he's been in the NBA for a long time. Andre Drummond's been in the in the league for for a real long damn time. Like there are just some guys that you just you just picture them playing with uh, with dinosaurs in the background. Quite honestly, you wouldn't know it based on how many minutes he plays, though. Like the Bulls are just short-handed. Bulls are short, short, short-handed. DeRozan's averaged 40 minutes a game over their last 12. 40 minutes for the old man. And he hasn't necessarily been playing like an old man either. He's averaged 20, uh, almost 25 and a half points per game during that stretch. He's scored at least 24 a game in nine of those. Pistons, meantime, have the worst defensive rating in the league. Total points on DeMar DeRozan tonight, 23 and a half. Against the Pistons. DeRozan's been in the league since the other guy was risen. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Thank you, Twitch chat, once again. Brooklyn's at Orlando tonight. I know. Brooklyn and Orlando. Not exactly... Ooh, I gotta see that. It's not exactly being featured on TNT at any point soon. But, uh... My how times change. By 23 and 24 standards, an NBA total in, you know, like the... in the range of 210 to 220... Kind of seems like a rock-bottom number, but it's been really appropriate for the Nets of late. Like, really appropriate. They're currently on an 8-1 under run. Under. Of course, the Nets made that change. Kevin Ollie's the coach now. Jacques Vaughn got booted. Kevin Ollie finally on board with a win. Finally, he finally got a win. Last night in Memphis. Nets had scored under 100, though, in three straight prior to last night against the Grizz. Just look real quick. What was the score last night? Wow. 111 to 86. By my math, that is 197. That is well under 215. 
And if the Nets haven't been scoring 100 points of late, huh. Orlando's defensive numbers haven't been bad either. Last four games, they've allowed just 107 points per game. And the Nets are going to look those, you know, make those numbers look really good some more. The Nets are probably going to you know, break their current trends before peeling away from the recent under angle. It's not happening tonight, though. Nets at Orlando under 215. Notre Dame in the points against Wake Forest tonight. Houston in the points against Cincinnati. DeRozan going over 23.5 total points in the uh, Pistons-Bulls game tonight. And then Brooklyn and Orlando going under 215 on the point total. uh, I think that's all going to cash in there. Confidence is everything in the betting game. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers. In fact, presented by Budweiser, the king of beers. Locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. Also by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations, serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Bethel University's adult and graduate studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. And... Bethel University's Athletics. Sign up for youth summer camps are underway. Visit BUPilots.com for more. First State Bank. First State Bank lends strength to our communities by devoting ourselves to helping local businesses grow and prosper. Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Find out how we could end hunger at FeedIndiana.org. Midland Engineering, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. And the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. Enjoy the hoops. There's plenty of it tonight all over the place. You can still head out to one of the sectionals, either Mishawaka, Elkhart, South Bend, Washington. Go check out some basketball there. Men's basketball tonight against Wake Forest. Late night tip, 9 o'clock tonight. Coverage here starts at 8.30. Between 7 and 8, we'll have Wake Up the Echoes as well here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 